You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 061. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 61. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. That video is hilarious. You rock climbing in those glasses. Um, Were those your safety glasses? Uh, no, but did you see my safety uh, harness? My harness. Yes. And my my uh, <laughs> gloves. Did you notice that? Those are my workout gloves. Hey, hey guys. Sorry, we're in our own little world. Oh my gosh. Hey, junkies. Welcome to the show. We're just having a grand old time over here in Joy Junkie Studio. <laughs> we're talking about. And we're back. <laughs> we're talking about this video that these three put together for their triple t cruise oh my gosh okay so you guys have heard me go off about this right this is actually the well this is the very first live event that i've done with other coaches that's right that's i'm right. so excited we've been talking about doing andrea who is my my best friend you guys know her from your kick-ass life and she's been on the pod a couple times um and she's another life coach and she we've talked about doing a a live event like a retreat for a long time and then we are another one of our colleagues kira does goes on she worked on cruises for like five years right she's like why don't we do a cruise yeah so we got all pumped <clears throat> got all excited and so we're doing this cruise you guys can check out all the information if you want it's on triple t cruise.com and it's the word triple spelled out triplet cruise <laughs> triple letter t cruise.com cruise. And if you so, want to see the video, go to slash VID slash vid. Yeah, slash vid. So okay. we made this video because there's all these things on the cruise that we're so pumped up about, right? Like they've got like this Flow Rider Surf Simulator. They've got a Ben and Jerry's ice cream shop. Hey they've got rock climbing. They've got they've got like ten different pools. Damn. They have so they've got a full blown golf court. I mean, I'm not excited about golf, but they have like white <laughs> parties and disco parties and ice skating, and they have a disco fever show that they're. I mean, ridiculous. So that's cool. There's snorkeling. There's all sorts of things. So the three of us decided, why don't we make a video? A video. A video. We're gonna make a video. Make a video. Because we're going to Mexico. <laughs> it, the cruise goes from Florida to Mexico. So we've been doing all these like Mexico inspired shit. It's just so funny. So, um, oh my God, I just had a brain fart. What was I talking about? You were talking about the video, all the things that were, oh, all the things that we're excited about. Yeah. So we all filmed like these stupid little clips, but you guys have to see it because I, I did this one with Ben and Jerry's and I have like ice cream dripping, <laughs> dripping down my off your face. And, and Andrea always edits our videos and she does all these outtakes all in the them and they're hysterical. Right. So, um, yeah, so she, uh, if you go to the triple T cruise dot com slash vid, V-I-D, 
you can you can watch the video and laugh at us and yeah and you funny. can get all the information too but you have to go this week you have to go because registration closes for early bird i think on the 7th oh, of yeah. august so <clears> this <throat> is the the last week that you can get in for the early bird rate a couple days left yeah it's only a couple days and then after that you can still register but it's going to the price is going to increase by 200 bucks wow but it, but it's super. It's so it's affordable. Still, it's still affordable with two hundred dollars more. It still know, is. Like, still a great for like a five day doing? fucking vacation. I know, but all the stuff you guys are doing, like the transformation part too. Right. We're talking about all the fun stuff, but there's a ton of. I know because like, we're we're excited about that. Yeah, part. but you guys are like, oh yeah, we gotta work of... too. But it's gonna be awesome because we're gonna do a lot of stuff that's like pushing people outside of their comfort zone, outside of their box. You know, we're gonna do scavenger hunts and things like that about things that you wouldn't normally do. It's all about recreating who you want to be in this world. Cool. So we're going to do a bunch of workshops on like people pleasing and reevaluating your relationships and, um, you know, <clears throat> dealing with negative self-talk and a bunch of really cool transformational stuff like that. But as a group, yeah, you know, in an, in an adventure setting. So if you guys want in, I cannot stress enough, go this week. There's also payment plans available. You can pick three different types of cabins on the cruise ship. Um, and then you can also decide if you want to pay one lump sum, which is, I think it saves you like a hundred bucks. Saves some money, yeah. Or if you need to break it up over three months, uh, you can do that too. We have a three-pay option, nice. which is pretty sweet. Even nice. with that, it's cheaper than any other five-day vacation I would That's know about. That's the point I was trying to make, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, you guys have to check it out. You have to check yeah, it out. Yeah, that's cool. So, um, oh, by the way, if you're new to the show... <laughs> After we're like five minutes in, we typically <laughs> jump back and forth between live topics and love topics. We've got a love one for you guys today. And this actually came from a magazine. I get Psychology Today. And yes. it was an article in Psychology Today. And I thought it was so awesome. And it's called Childolatry. 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 And okay. so today we're going to talk about childolatry, why parenting kills your relationship, and what to do about it. Whoa. Hey. That so sounds serious. It's a heavy topic. <clears throat> it is a heavy topic. And I thought like, oh my gosh, this is, I was just super fascinated because it's a lot of things that I've always kind of felt about relationships and parenting and things yeah. like that. But this is all based off of a psychological proven. Scientific research. Scientific yeah. background. And it's... um. They reference a lot of John Gottman, who is a pioneer in relationship studies. Like he basically did this uh, uh, whole series of tests and studies on couples over like two decades. Mm. And he filmed them in what he called a love lab and, and looked at like how they conversed, how they, and he can predict divorce in like a 96% Whoa. accuracy. It's ridiculous. Crazy. Just how people talk to themselves, talk to each other. Wow. So anyway. Psychology Today, they define this childolatry as, number one, worship of one's children at the expense of one's marriage, and number two, why parenthood today kills sex and creates marital dissatisfaction. So, obviously, you guys know we don't want kids. Right, so, but most parents, I think, would be able to relate. I think so, sure. yeah. So, I, I really <laughs> wanted to say that first, like, obviously easy for us to say yeah. because we've been able to cultivate an amazing marriage without children and one of the things that I've always said about that is I feel like it's very possible to have an amazing marriage with children but I think it takes diligent effort 
and awareness around what's happening. And I think what happens a lot of times is people just fall into kids without the awareness around how to caretake for their marriage and they just get sucked into sucked this into vortex. The children, yeah. And yeah. it is a I, I think children are the ultimate of distractions. It's a noble distraction. Sure. But it's a distraction from your marriage for sure. Yeah, you know, I think it can be a bonder of the marriage if you let it. Um, but you have to know how to do it. It's true. And and there's some things in this article I want to kind of skim through this that I thought were really incredible because um, it can be totally uniting, but it has a, everything to do with the state of the marriage and what you That's choose right. to do with the marriage after the kids come. Right. And I don't know if it's mentioned in there, but just something that I've noticed in my life is the children that are more grounded and balanced and um, a little are better citizens <laughs> are the ones that the parents weren't completely focused on them. They had a life outside of their children. That's so funny. And the children saw that they had a life outside of them and realized that it wasn't all about them. That right. the parents, you know, had a happiness together yep. and a happiness with them. Yeah. Right? So it's so funny that you just said that because the end of the article it says children with a depressed parent and because it talks a lot about uh, what they call depressed marriages where you're you stay together, but you're just not that happy. Just staying together for the kids. Right. Um, children with a depressed parent are, on average, less socially competent, have lower self-esteem, are more likely to have behavioral and academic problems, even lower IQs, and they are two to five times more likely to develop a psychological disorder Yikes. than those who have parents who are happy together. There's an incentive. So, yeah. I mean, so if you need an incentive that's about the kids... So anyway, we're working a little bit backwards. I want to start. I want to start just by kind of reading some snippets of this article, and we can just kind of discuss. Okay. And then I've got some ideas on what what the hell to do about it. So, it starts off talking about this couple that were uh, really admired by their friends. They were intellectual, funny professors who taught on the same campus. They seemed perfectly matched, but after the birth of their first child, their sex life dropped out. Their sex life. Sex life. <laughs> sex sucks and they uh, bickered incessantly and both started taking antidepressants 20 years later they're still married with thriving careers and successful children but privately they've been unhappy for a long time I used to feel that I was the light of her life and now I feel as though she's annoyed that I'm still here that's the husband mm -hmm. who perpetually contemplates separating so they were using this couple as a backdrop to say this is really similar to many situations. Right. Close to half of today's <clears throat> marriages end in divorce, but that doesn't mean that every couple who stays together are happy. Right. Even those marriages that remain intact have generally generally become less satisfying, and there's a lot of reasons for that. So here's here's the deal, that there is a collision between our, bi uh, our biology and our contemporary views and values regarding marriage and child raising. So what I love about this article, and I'm going to share it with you guys, is how what we have expected from marriage has changed through the decades and how what we have expected from child rearing has changed throughout the decades, which has really created almost a recipe for unhappiness for most people. Right. So, um, yeah. And this I thought was interesting. Most unhappy marriages seem to founder on the same rocks, children. 
So, mm-hmm. which was interesting because I don't think it's the children. I think it's the parents. Right. I think it's how you approach relationship and how you approach parenting. It's not just the kid. Right. Right. Like I've always said, like kids ruin relationships, but it's not kids. It's the it's the people having the kids. That's right. So, okay, now after everybody's nice and depressed. All right. <laughs> so the Gottman Institute, this is John and Julie Gottman, who I've mentioned before. They, they uh, did this study with 130 newlywed couples. Two-thirds of the new parents self-reported that they were very unhappy after the birth of their first child. So, the, and they, like I said, they, they would tape these couples in the lab. Couples with children treated one another with more contempt, belligerence, and sadness, as well as less affection, humor, and empathy. They also found that over the next year, hostility between partners increased dramatically while romance dissolved, and three years later, there was still little improvement. Yikes. Wow. So, and, and then they talk about like a more than 100 other studies show that mar- marital dissatisfaction falls off a cliff after the birth of the first child and doesn't get much better till the last child leaves for college. So... Here, here's what I thought was really, really fascinating. Like all of that is like a nice precursor to say here, here's the shit that's happening for most people, okay. right? Like we look around, it is very uncommon to see people who are madly in love with their spouse and happily raising kids. Like how many do you know? And I really think it is – and one of the reasons – one of the major reasons why we decided not to have them is because of what we wanted for our relationship. And I just wanted it to be easier, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. a lot of reasons for us personally sure. we've shared before. But I think a lot of the issue is how our society has changed and how our views of marriage have changed. So check this out. In the 19th century, marriage served primarily as the purpose of reproduction, right? There was no concept of like – our partner needs to be our best friend and you know just i need a mate somebody to yes we need kids to like till the land farm going yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) get this farm going (laughs) right so by the 1950s you know then it was men and women have very separate roles in the household but they also had separate set of friends separate leisure activities right yeah had like quilting clubs and you know shit like that (laughs) right the guys did (laughs) and children Here's the key. Children were told to go out and play, and no one felt guilty about it. Yeah. So in the 70s then, there was a new kind of transformation for marriage. And, you know, we started getting the feminist movement, and now we're expecting, uh, now in the contemporary era, we expect our partners to be our best friends, to have complete equality in all spheres of life to sustain an ongoing romance to have mutual sexual satisfaction um accompanied by ever more dedication of time and resources to children it's a lot of pressure on a marriage it's a lot of pressure and they even i love this author refers to it as olympian expectations (laughs) which is true you know we've talked about we expect that our marriage fulfills all our needs yeah. At the same time, we have to be super parent. So um, also in the 1970s, Americans had discovered the female orgasm, which then put all this pressure for sex to be a certain way inside of marriage. So it was also when the pill came out mm-hmm. and the pill was all the era of free love. And that's when sex really became a forefront 
right. was because it was for pleasure and not for reproduction. Yep. And, and you know, this even says encouraging women to de-emphasize mating. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is actually talking about the biological process that happens when we give birth. So there's like a biological process where you, you know, your hormones that are that increase uh, or that encourage sex okay. are decreased, like are shut off when? after you get birth. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, sure. so there's like this biological chasm that sort of happens where you don't want it at the same time your the husband tends to want it more. Right. And leaving a lot of men feeling undesired and unloved. And I don't think the problem is that we still have these biological tendencies. I think the problem is that we don't prepare for this. And we don't talk about it as a couple and say like, okay, realistically, after we after we have this baby, I'm going to be so engulfed and so madly in love with it that I'm not going to want sex. How are we going to go about this? How are we going to deal with our marriage? How are we going to approach this? Boy, I don't nobody know. fucking deals with it. In fact, they talk about – I love it in this article. They say nobody tells you what to really expect when you're expecting. <laughs> well, you know, I, you know, I don't know many men that you could tell that to and they'd be like, oh, yeah, it's cool. You know, like they're going to be like, well, you know, I got needs too here. Right. But but that's not what happens. What happens is the woman just goes through the pregnancy typically, feels what they feel towards their baby. And it's kind of like you just don't care that much about the partner. So right. you don't – you just like fall into it. It's biologically, it's chemically what's happening to you. Yeah. But if you know that and you go, gosh, I need to – trump biology a little bit and make a concerted effort to connect with my partner so that he knows that he's valuable to you know then you can you know what's going on and you can address it yeah instead of what normally happens where you just kind of ignore them they feel all rejected in, in the Gottmans talk about this like that it was palpable how these men felt totally demasculated and rejected and unloved really and it's not what's happening Right. What's what's happening is it's just we're chemically programmed. Again, this is like a primitive imprint imprint in our our subconscious. We are programmed to caretake for our young. Yeah. So that's what's happening. That's right. And um, you know, at that stage of life, you have to be because they need have needs constantly. Yep. Absolutely. And then you know you know there's all kinds of other things like they don't sleep in a prop. You know, uh, parents never get any sleep. Right. So that lowers your sex drive right there. But if you, again, aren't prepared for that. Right. Because right. I don't think we we are. Right. You know, and then people go like, holy shit, what's happening yeah. to me? I don't want there's sex defi- anymore. There's definitely a conversation to be had there. Right? Yeah. And it's like, well, no, that's totally normal. So what are you going to do about it? You Most of the time, you just have to put some fucking effort in. Well, that's true with anything. Yeah, yeah. it is totally true. That's why I always <clears throat> highly advocate the sex date. Sex dates. You know, I always said if I worked out only when I felt like working out, I would never fucking work out. But you know what? It goes on my calendar because it's important to me. So every day when that's on my calendar, I make the time to work out. And every time I do, I'm so thankful that I did. It's the same thing for sex dates. Like you might not feel like it, but if you show up and you actually commit to having a blast with your get partner. Get connected, yeah. Get connected, play music, maybe put in a little effort. You very rarely are like, God, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Right? Sure. And everything else of importance gets on your calendar, right? So if you want to make this important, 
put it on your calendar. Look forward to it the same way you look forward to a vacation. What do you what do you tell the people that are like, well, that's not romantic? I would say, really, how frequent is your sex now? Yeah, thank you. That's what I would say because I've had people tell me that, like, oh, that's not spontaneous. I'm like, really, how is spontaneous uh, spontaneity working for you these days? It's not. It's right. non-existent. Your spontaneity gets you laid once every two months. <laughs> wow, that sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if it's a matter of priorities. It's a, it's an, it's a switching that in your headspace too. Like, no, no, no. This is going on my calendar because it is a fucking priority to me. Like, I am going to get some and I'm going to be connected. <laughs> and, and when I know, like, and it doesn't even have to be like calendared like that. But if you and I are like, what are you doing Wednesday night? Okay, yeah. cool. We're both free. Like, let's, let's, like, let's put music on. Let's do whatever, you know. Whatever we're into, we don't have to TMI you. Yeah, we won't. We won't TMI. We don't TMI you, but um, <laughs> and then we look forward to it, and we're like, oh my gosh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. The same way I look forward to anything else that's exciting on my calendar. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. It's a priority. Okay, so here's where the article shifts, and I think it. This is really paramount. This is where I really think we can we can change things a little bit, and this is where they really start talking about the childolatry. Okay. Okay, this is the worship of the child over the to the detriment of the marriage, right? Um, so we obviously have spent time talking about what doesn't work. Let's talk about what does now that work and what sufficiently depressed. <laughs> what we can do, <laughs> but but take heart that a lot of people it's not working for. A lot of people are, are coming up empty, going like. How do I do all this? That's why it's a podcast. That's why it's an article in Psychology Today. Exactly. Like it's a real problem. It's yeah. a real issue. So the Gottmans found that some couples do survive the transition into parenthood happily. Those who do put the brakes on being child-centered. Studies show that couples who do more things alone together are happier. They spend... Um, Yet today's parents typically spend less time alone together, less time entertaining friends, less time in leisure activities. Everything has to be uh, with other couples that have kids. Everything's got to be a family event, a family vacation, family this, going to the kids' games, all that stuff. Primarily because of an increase in time spent intensively parenting their children. Here's the paradox. And here I starred this because I think this is the problem. We expect more from our marriages, but feed them less. There is an end to the go out and play and don't come home till dinner era. Yeah. I, why though? Like just because of all the kidnappings? I don't know. what I don't know. Um, and I loved this. Only in the past two decades have we developed the idea that children need an audience for their play. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. They do. They need an iPad or a sitter or, you know, like not a sitter, but, you know, all kinds a of chaperone. These. They need all sorts of like I remember taking a Frisbee and making mud pies in my backyard with with mud <laughs> into the Frisbee to make a pie and just yeah. entertaining myself. Back in my day. Back in my day. Back in the 80s. <laughs> so and then it says take vacations without the kids. And play tennis or golf or anything with your spouse instead of standing on the sidelines watching a pack of eight-year-olds swarm around a soccer ball. Now, that one, I have a little bit, 
I don't know if I entirely agree with that because I do feel like there's something really to be said for feeling supported at your events and stuff. Like sure. in theater, I would have been devastated if my parents never came to my theater. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. But do you need to watch every fucking rehearsal? No. Do you need to watch every practice? No. You know what I mean? Like, so sure. there's there's a fine line. They still, I, need, still need to be supported, but see that the parents are supporting themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I think there, there's such a huge lesson. In fact, one of the reasons why I felt so adamant about not having kids was because I saw how my parents parented and how it took their entire life. And I was like, I'm not up for that. I'm not up for that lifestyle. So your kids will learn a lot about what they do and don't want in their life from how you behave as a parent. Right. How you speak to your partner, sure, what their beliefs about marriage are. Um, so this article says, it is a coincidence. Um, wait a minute. It is a coincidence that this generation of children who have had to do almost nothing on their own are returning home from college incapable of, le- of earning a living? Is this a coincidence? Our overproductive children are like domesticated animals incapable <laughs> of surviving the wild. That's a funny analogy. Which I thought was interesting, but we do. We have people coming back from college going like, oh, I don't know what to do with them. You know, anyway. yeah, living with their parents till they're 30. So let's talk about happy adults, happy children. This is how they kind of end the article, which I, I love. So to survive happily as couples we need to put a higher priority on sex and erect boundaries to protect our intimacy so here's a suggestion parents might consider making it a ritual to lock their bedroom door after 10 so they can sleep naked without fear of exposing their children to the primal scene right (laughs) and yes but it's true it's like do you are you the parent that like wakes up every moment and you have to make sure like let them fucking cry like i'm not going to get all into that because obviously i You're not a parent. I can't speak to that. Right. But I can speak to boundaries. And I can speak to don't tell me that you want more sex or want more of a happier relationship and then not do anything about it. Yeah. And give and not change your your childolatry. That's right. Like if your child is, you might as well have a fucking shrine. And, you know, my kid you know, bumper stickers and shit like that, then yeah, like maybe we need to dial it down on how much you worship, worship your child, you know? Yeah. I have always said like, it's not uncommon to find people who worship their children. It's uncommon to find people who are still madly in love with their spouse. Why? Because it's the ultimate of distractions. It's noble. Like I said, it's fucking noble, but it's a, it really is rectified by consciously and deliberately choosing your behavior and your energy and your time, like where you allot those things. That's right. It's possible. It really is possible to have it all, but you have to be deliberate about how you choose to spend your time. So hmm. it, it keeps saying, you know, it, it keeps going on and saying, if we require a more child-centered reason to attend to adult needs, like if you're like, oh, but they are the most important thing, then it talks all about how the love between the ch- the couple is the real cradle that holds the baby. And in the Gottman studies, couples who made a priority of rituals of romance and didn't focus 100% of their attention on the baby were happier and so were their babies. Their infants smiled more, laughed more, played more, cried less, and showed an increased capacity to self-soothe as measured by their heart rate. 
So it's like maybe they it, – it's like, you know, that old thing about if you actually help a caterpillar break out of its cocoon, the butterfly will die. Right. Like it needs to do it on its own. It's got to do it on its own, yeah. You know, like what a perfect metaphor for what we do with our kids. Mm-hmm. Like we overcoddle and we overprotect. So true. And over cater. And I'm not saying don't be careful and make sure that they're safe and stuff like that, but I'm also saying pay attention to your marriage. Yeah. So one of the things that I always encourage people to do is ask yourself, like this is really kind of a sobering concept. Ask yourself, if our kids were not in the picture, how happy would this relationship be? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Interesting. So, you know, Mr. Smith and I are a huge fan of systems. If anything doesn't work in our family, we create a system. Yeah. All the time. So what system, in fact, we lovingly call them Smith systems. Smith systems. Hashtag Smith system. <laughs> um, so what systems can you employ to give attention to your relationship? So I love their suggestion of locking the door. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of sex dates. Sex dates for sure. Because that is one of those things that we think just, it, it, we put it on the back burner. Like we just hope it's going to organically happen. No, it is not. I, so, some people have that ability, but not the majority. No. Yeah. In fact, um, somewhere in this article too, it was saying uh, the people who were satisfied with their sex, 12%. 12? 12. Out of 150? 130 couples. 130? Wow. Like, what? So wow. so guess what? You're not alone. And, and we need to shift this model. So 15 of those 130. We need to shift this. We need to shake this up. We need to start paying attention to this relationship. So date night. I'm a huge advocate for date night. At least once a month, if not once a week. Once a I, week, I yeah. really advocate once a week. And even if you can't do like a full-blown date night where you go out – even if you can say like Tuesday nights, we lock our door and um, and we play games or we read together or we have sacred time, something like that. Or we like do that. some heavy petting. Heavy petting. <laughs> <laughs> you know where that leads. <laughs> Couples vacations. Just the two of you. Not a fucking family vacation. I had um, uh, a friend of mine that I used to work with who – Every summer, they had a family vacation and a couple's vacation. That's awesome. And it was so cool. And they made it important to nurture their relationship. And another thing, couple's nights. Like, get out with other couples without kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's nurturing just your adultness. You know, having conversations about things other than child behavior and activities. How How many people have you seen that actually become children again when they have kids? Yeah. Not that that's a bad thing, but... You know, they lose their their Identity. adulthood in the adolescence of their children. And it's like they can only talk about that. Yeah. And it's not fun to talk to anybody like that. It's not fun to talk to anyone who all they can talk about is their fucking pets or their fucking ailments or anyone else who is or, or their work. Overly fixated on anything. Who has who have lost their identity to one component in their life. Absolutely. It, they're, you lose your dynamic as a human. Yep. And that's why we have empty nest syndrome because you've put everything into parenting and you're it's like a sensitive topic who am Very I sensitive topic it is, it yeah. is and again like I said easy for me to say mm-hmm. but the reason why I really wanted to bring this up is and like you said this is why it's in the in this magazine because nobody is getting it right or very few people are getting it right and happy yeah like we need to switch up this model so that we're actually happier 
Um, and then the final little thing that I was suggesting is where can you scale down with the kids? Maybe giving them more independence, giving them more opportunities to be self-sufficient, to self-soothe. Um, where can you show an example of what a healthy relationship looks like? Like, no, mom and dad love each other. And it's really important that we pay attention to each other the same way we love and, care and pay attention to you. That's right. So you know how it makes you feel really good when I come to your soccer games? Well, it makes daddy feel really, really good when I talk to him about stuff that he cares about. So that's what we're going to close our door and talk. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you need to teach them. Talk to them like humans? That this you is mean? important. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Instead, of, I, I don't know. So I do feel like there's room to start switching that up. Oh, for sure. And, oh, um, yeah. Yeah. It's a revolution, man. It is. But, but really, all that it is, is it's awareness. It's creating awareness around what's happening. Like, okay, we're going to have a baby. We're going to enter this phase where I can't have sex because I just popped this baby out. I'm also not going to feel into it for quite a while. What are we going to do about it? Are we going to have sex dates? Are we going to have, you know, maybe mutual masturbation? Or maybe I'll, you know, what are we going to do about it? And then we're going to have chaos in the house. What are we going to do about it? How are we going to approach this? What are we going to yeah. do about vacations? How, you know, you've got to create some awareness, but we don't. We just autopilot it. That's true. We really do. We don't, we read a couple books and think we're supposed to know how to do it. And it's like, no, we're demanding more from our relationships and we're feeding them less. Like that article says, you need to feed them more. And maybe we scale down on the child all a tree a little bit. So, um, what would happen if you mutually worshiped your child and your marriage and yourself? You know, like, come on. Like, yeah. What? We, we're so multifaceted. So anyway, hope that is helpful. Um, again, huge shout out to Psychology Today for posting this article. This was in, let's see, um, it, it was August 2014. So yeah, it's it's the most recent uh, release. But yeah, start thinking about what is it that you really want? Do you want more romance and attention and sex and love and that marriage then you got to switch up the model start doing something a little bit different yeah all right guys or you so, can go on a cruise with amy yeah and get some alone time get some alone time you <laughs> get know. some girl time in. yeah we're going to talk about relationship stuff way to bring it home so go to triple t <laughs> he just did a air <laughs> fist pump you guys it was super cute he's like yeah i was an awesome sidekick <laughs> Mr. Segway over here. You're so cute. Okay. Triple spelled out the letter T cruise.com. See everything that, that all the adventure that we're going to have and come hang out with us. Um, as always, we love and really, really ex uh, appreciate iTunes reviews. If you can do that for us, we'd much appreciate it. Yeah, I love it. those. Those are awesome. Yeah. So I think that's about it. You can always cruise by the site, thejoyjunkie.com. That's like the home base for me and my work and the pod and all of that stuff click on podcast you can get more info you can also get a free life and love digital kit when you're there free loot who doesn't want that and give me the loot give me the loot give me the loot thank you guys so much for hanging out with us we'll see you next week and here is to loving and living your most badass life mr and mrs smith out